0: Welcome or welcome back to Teen Tangents with Tara. On today's episode, we have two special guests. One, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Annie. And two, my sister. Hi, I'm Teresa. So today, we're going to be talking about a lot of tea from Annie. And (laughs) we're going to start off simple with midget wrestling. Oh, yeah. Last night, I went
1: to see... Midget wrestling. Um, it was actually a lot of fun. It was a lot different than what I expected. I don't know what I was expecting, but mm-hmm. it was a lot different. Um, the wrestlers they were mm-hmm. smack talking each other so mm-hmm. much, and they were also like picking out people in the audience. It was like <clears throat> it was so funny. So this like one guy, uh, one wrestler, I think it was like. Micro redneck something I don't even know I I don't even know I don't even know but he was like you know like talking like Mm -hmm. smack and stuff like that and then he like turned around and he was he called someone in the audience fat like a ph fat like like (laughs) unfortunately not like yeah like oh something like I better not see you talking. About anything fat, so yeah, right there, and, stuff, and then he called out someone else, like someone else says, um, was like, you know, just cheering or booming or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Shut up, I'm not talking to you, four eyes, or whatever. <laughs> but it was that's
0: hard, it was so that's funny.
1: Harsh. But they did, um, the announcer did give a disclaimer in the beginning that, mm-hmm. um, you're easily offended, then you shouldn't be here. There are they are gonna use a Jokes, everything like that. So, Mm -hmm. you definitely want to watch it
0: with a very, um, an open mind and just, um, going into it expectantly, not unexpected. Yeah. I think there's a lot of controversy actually surrounding like the whole event of midget wrestling. So, I saw, I was reading up a little bit about it when you told me about it, and there's two sides. So, one side is that wrestlers really feel empowered when they're able to, you know, be in their way class and have people of, like, similar heights, like, these midget wrestlers, um, who, uh, go by midget, like, that's the name that they choose for themselves, um, they, they're really hype about this event, they like showing that they can do this, like, this is, like, something that, one, they make a ton of money off of, like, they get paid, uh, 450 to $500 a match.
1: Wow, I did not know that. I know,
0: right? Girl, I would've <laughs> hopped in the ring. Yeah, so, wow. I'm actually only one inch off, legally, from being a midget. I'm 4'11", <laughs> and the legal classification for a midget in the U.S. is someone who's 4'10 and below. So I thought that was pretty That's cool. The fast of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people were saying they were reclaiming the term. Some op-eds were saying that midget wrestling is derogatory and that um, some midget wrestlers, or even people who are shorter, feel offended by, like, the event. They feel like it's a freak show. What are your thoughts on that? So, I will
1: admit, yesterday was the first time I've ever been to an event like that, Mm -hmm. and from that, what I've seen, um, the announcer, again, was saying that this is, like, trying to prove people wrong that, like, Mm -hmm. and, like, trying to get people to see that, like, no matter what your size is, like, Your weight, your the color of your skin, like your gender or sexuality, like any of that that you can do, like what you want to. So Mm -hmm. it was more of an empowering thing. Mm -hmm. And he was just saying that, like, we want to show people that, like,
0: like us, like Mm -hmm. we can do that as well. And I think I think that's awesome. I think that that's a great perspective and that's a great way of going into it because. You know, one, you're supporting them, like, with having a job, and you're supporting something they love doing, and these wrestlers, like, love doing this. And in wrestling in general, it's not abnormal to fight by your weight. Like, that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. So, I I think that's really interesting. Now, we have... I have a couple questions for you about some juicy things.
1: Uh, Oh, (laughs) my, Tara? Oh, my.
0: So... One, my first question for you that I know you also wanted to talk about was crossing the line. So quote-unquote crossing the line. How would you explain that to listeners? To me, crossing the line is more,
1: based on my experience, it's more of like a friendship level rather than Mm -hmm. just like talking to someone. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're like really close friends with someone. You get along with someone. You consider someone your friend and you also do have some unrequited, unresolved, I don't know. Like unresolved feelings. Yeah. And you're not too sure how they feel also. And you think that they might feel the same or that no, they only like you as like a friend or not. And then until they do make that first move, kind of just left there like questioning, you know? And you're just like, how how to not make that awkward? Because I know in my experience, I feel like no matter what I do, everything just gets awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, well, that's also just because I get scared. Yeah, <laughs> well, which like, is understandable. Yeah. This is a flaw. But I would either kind of like ghost or I would, um, you know, just like kind of distance
0: myself. But I don't think that's a flaw. Like, I think when you cross the line from being friends to being uh, in a more romantic setting, I think that's also a coping mechanism, like, you don't want to get hurt by that person, you don't want to hurt that person. Mm -hmm. Pulling back isn't just a flaw, I think it's a coping mechanism, and just like any other coping mechanism, it's a way to protect yourself, whether or not it's good.
1: But then it's like, how do you know, like, when is the right time to cross the line? Like, Mm -hmm. like, where it's not a coping mechanism, like, without it getting awkward, because, Mm -hmm. Like once you cross online no matter what like, whether you're friends or not and you're just like kinda talking with the intention of dating, no matter like once you cross the line and show like any sort of physical intimacy, mm-hmm. it just gets awkward. I'd like in my experience anyways, like whether like we both like each other and we do show that, it gets awkward. And even so then like when I try to break out of old habits and not like, you know, hide in my little shell Um, and I try to act normal. I
0: feel like it still gets awkward. Yeah, I think that's really difficult because one, it I think it depends on the person that you're talking to. Like some people, I think you can agree, Teresa, are like more likely to get right into a romantic situation. Like they're ready to jump into it. They're emotionally available. They're they're willing. They love like they like you. But I think other people who you might be interested in, um, like. Let's say, like, you're interested in someone who isn't emotionally available, but does like you. Like, maybe crossing the line isn't the move because you also don't want to get into something that, I guess, doesn't turn out well. I I mean, I understand wanting to get into something for the experience. You know, even if you think it might not turn out well, you might want to try it out anyways. What do you think about that? Like, let's say it didn't turn out well. Would you still go into the experience knowing that you might not end up this person or you might break up with this person? For
1: me I feel like it very much depends because I have been hurt so many times before in the past but um if like the person if I genuinely think the person's such a great guy and I love hanging out with them because over the years like two years ago I realized that I think I work better as like just like if me and the guys are just friends first and mm-hmm. then we kinda do that just so that can build that comfortability with mm-hmm. me. But I'm so sorry, what was your question? <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> what you were saying me?
0: about like wait hold on. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. I'm sorry, I
1: just remembered your thing. The yeah, outcome. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But if I genuinely like that person as a person I think like they're just mm-hmm. so much fun to be around and I care about that person a lot even in a platonic or non-platonic way i know like i wouldn't want to lose them in my life and then based on how the crossing the line thing goes that's why i'm just like maybe i wouldn't cross the line and just remain friends with them because i don't want to lose that person in my life just because i think they are so
0: awesome and everything yeah I,
1: i've heard of a lot of people being like i don't want to
0: become partners with you romantically because you don't want to lose someone as a friend sometimes I mean I know a lot of people have the perspective as being young and I see it too your friendships are typically more long-lasting than a relationship I mean sometimes it's a little different but like true (laughs) you know sometimes it's a little different but at the same time when it comes to a romantic relationship I really don't think you can I feel like once you think of someone romantically you can't go back to being friends what do you think about do you think that do you think you can go back um i think it depends i feel
1: like if it depends how far you've thought of them romantically whether if anything actually happened or not but because you know thoughts like it's easy to get tricked up in your own head and everything so I feel like it depends how far and just like how intense your feelings are because it also depends if you are a very logical person or a very emotional person Mm -hmm. and I know me I tend to be more emotional I feel like I'm an equal mix of both but I tend to be more emotional and if I like someone a lot even if we are friends to kind of like to kind of subtly think of like crossing that line and doing more intimate things with them um it's definitely something but then i kind of like stop myself and i'm like Mm -hmm. no we're just friends we're always going to remain friends Mm -hmm. stop having those thoughts because then it'll
0: probably get awkward right I could definitely see how it would get off it. <laughs> yeah. So you're able to say, okay, well, I have romantic feelings for this person, but I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to like move it forward.
1: Yeah. All of
0: 2020, or 2021, sorry,
1: I've noticed I've been fairly good at that sometimes when I would think of like a guy, and we would be friends and then we would, well, I would start liking them in a romantic way. But then the more that we hung out and everything, it kind of just went more back to the friend level. Like I just saw them more as like a bro or mm-hmm. like a brother. Like there is one
0: guy in particular that I am thinking of. Ooh, can we get a name or a nickname?
1: Um, we will call him CJ. Okay. Yeah, he he was one guy that... Um, I met at my job. Like we, you know, we talked or whatever. We were becoming friends and then it slowly started, you know, getting... Yeah, we know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It slowly started becoming more. Then the more that we hung out, the more I started seeing him more as like a friend and everything. And Mm. I will admit like there were times where and, and, and to this day, we're still friends. We still talk. I just texted him um, the other day. I will admit, there were times, even like last summer, where I wanted to, you know, switch up my hair and stuff, and I knew me and him were going to work together later on that night, so mm-hmm. I wanted to ma- see if he would, like, notice. notice. Yeah, and everything like that. Like, I would kind of do it, not for him, but, you know.
0: But, yeah. yeah, you want the little attention, the little you look pretty, the little yeah. zaza. Exactly, like. <laughs>
1: exactly. But um, I think we work better as friends, and I'm still so glad that we mm. are friends because he's an amazing guy. He's so funny. And he was the first guy that I've liked since
0: 2015. Wow. I genuinely liked, yes. Wow. Obviously, I don't like him anymore, like, in the romantic way. But So he's the first person that you've liked in that long. And you could still go back to just being friends with him. Yes, because it was, like, that was more,
1: like, a very... It was, like, just, like, a two-month thing. Honestly, like, the way I'm talking, it sounds like it was a lot lot longer. (laughs) But it really was just, like, a two-month thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and and now we're just still friends and everything. But he's, like, a cool person.
0: yeah. Yeah, Ooh! (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you go back to being friends with someone that you cross the line with. So when you cross back over the line like, to being to friends, okay. when you're in that friendship, do you ever feel jealousy towards them and their partner or them and maybe someone who's trying to flirt with them? Do you feel like it might be a little crossing the whole boundary of being friends? Oh, wow. <laughs> You're asking me so much questions.
1: No, I'm kidding. Um, honestly, no. I, maybe I can only speak about me personally, but I am not a jealous person, really. And I, I will admit, I do have some jealous moments, but mm-hmm. typically I'm not a jealous person, or, like, a I don't know what the word for this, but I, I guess, like, protective. Like, like, territorial. There we go, territorial. Like, I'm not going to say, like, like, I'm not going to stop someone mm-hmm. from talking to someone or doing things unless, like, I know, like, it really bothers me or just, like, I know, like,
0: it's not, like, a good thing. And but that probably great. keeps your stress levels down because yeah. you're not bothered with these these people. When you're not bothered with it, like, it, I mean, it, as I said, it won't bother you, which is so much more enjoyable. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm I really get annoyed or bothered. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. That's totally a good thing. When you're thinking about, you know, liking someone romantically, how do you know that they like you? I don't know. Teresa, what do you think? <laughs> well, I feel like every person is different. Like, sometimes when someone
1: likes someone, like, you wouldn't know because they would kind of just try to hide it. Mm-hmm. But then some people would literally, like, show it, like, I don't know, like, try to be around you a lot. I feel like when someone likes you, like, they would be around you more, and they'll, like, make the effort to see you more mm-hmm. often. They'll be more available. They'll, like, text you faster and not take, like, oh, ten yuck. hours. So there's, like, little signs, <laughs> but I feel like everyone's different. Yeah, you, when you brought up the texting. I think I... effort effort is so
0: important because if yeah, your partner's that. not making the effort, they're not worth it. Like, you know what I exactly. mean? Yeah. The, a relationship can't happen without effort on both sides. Yeah, I learned
1: that the hard way. Even if it's just like a friendship too. Like I like this other dude. Um, <laughs> um I, I know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, this other dude like I knew I shouldn't even have texted him too, but you know, like I like just I genuinely liked him as a friend too, and I like missed him and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he just he's just really bad at texting. And like I know, like I I tend to overthink a lot and get in my own head. So I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe I shouldn't text him. I was getting like very anxious, and this was recently. So this was after a couple of months of just us not talking, and and just based on the way things ended between us, I'm like. I felt like I was the problem. Right. Hence why it also, that whole like crossing the line thing, even just like that made me think. But then my friend, Christina, was mm-hmm. saying that you're not the problem, like it's not your fault, like he's this way and mm-hmm. whatever. And then, and I know I shouldn't have texted, but I still did because, and then my I mean, you want to know. Took quite a week. To respond, Ugh. and then okay, yeah, that's oh too long. No. I feel like
0: a week is way too long. Yeah, I understand. Then, like uh, two hours,
1: just, maybe but a week. Yeah, and then I he asked me a question, and I responded. I think I asked him a question back, and then just never responded. And I was like, you know what? I'm so done with this. I not worth it. Yeah, yeah, there's there's other people, you know. I feel like if a guy like takes too long to respond to you, and like I don't know just like too long I get that people are busy but like if they take too long then they're not like making you a priority and I feel like making you want of like a like a top priority that's important especially if you want to develop a relationship with that person they have yeah. to make you like a top priority if you're like one of the hoes and you're just like <laughs> and you're just like you know
0: like you don't want to if you don't want that kind of thing then, like, you should be the top priority. Like, you should be, you oh, know. Of course. Like, even, like, my partner and I let each other know when something's happening. Like, even if, oh, I can't text you for two hours. Yeah, Oh, I have this going on. That needs to happen. One mm-hmm. week is not acceptable. Like, exactly. ugh, You nice don't deserve nice. any time. <laughs> I shouldn't even have responded, but I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad nice. you don't have the whole contact with them now. But yeah, being nice is so much better than hardening yourself because of other people. Like, you don't want, because he didn't answer, you don't want to become a hard cold person. I feel like, I mean, some people see it as, oh, well, I don't need him. Like, I, you know, I'm a bad need to <laughs> yeah, right. put up with that. And I totally respect and get that. I think that's a good approach. But at the same time, in my perspective, I feel like I wouldn't want to harden myself to other people and build up walls just because of some other irrelevant person. So I like your approach. I like the I'm gonna try once and if it doesn't happen again, so be it.
1: Oh, you spoke way too soon. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was I. There was a person, the last guy that I liked in um, in 2015, mm-hmm. we'll called Curly. Mm-hmm. He, um, Curly, I liked a lot you know not gonna lie i blocked out a lot of things from that time just because i got hurt so badly and you know a part of me probably just did that to myself but i also just got a lot of false hope from him and do i think about him from time to time occasionally up until now of course but like when i feel like when you feel that way deeply about someone you just don't really forget that even if you don't feel like that anymore and i don't feel like that anymore but I'm never gonna forget but because of the false hope and I thought like for me it was so rare, like me genuinely liking someone and then having them like me at the same time and being told that. So I, um, so when I was told that he did like me too and we liked each other at the same time and then he would like constantly flirt in like science class and math class and everything like that, I was like, wow, like like, oh my gosh, like, it's true. He does like me. And then when I found out, he didn't deny it and mm. stuff like that. So I was like, oh my god. And I, I think that really just fed into everything. And then next thing you know, like, after, like, I felt like it was, like, a back and forth game. Just, like, one day he would talk to me, the next day he wouldn't. And nothing actually happened, like, came of us. But I was like, you know what? I just, I just... I'm done with this but I do want to know if he actually didn't he, liked me so mm. I had my best friend ask her ex who was friends with him at the time um, how did he feel about me and he said oh yeah she's a really nice girl she's cool but I don't like her like that but she has great boobs so what yeah I mean no. And- because, no, And because of that, I, you know, oh, please, that's the girl, that's not the last of that, too. <laughs> and because of that, that's I'm like, I think that's where, like, my commitment issues come in. Because mm-hmm. I'm just so afraid of, like, really feeling for someone mm-hmm. that intensely again.
0: He led you on. He gave you false hope. Right? Yeah. So. Super curly. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not kidding. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. no.
1: He's, he's happy now, and that's
0: all that matters. And so. it, you're happy now. With who? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, happy <I'm> think <laughs> um, With who, though? For yourself. Girl, uh, you're living your best dad. life. <laughs> I feel like you don't need someone else to be happy. Although, I mean, do you? I don't think you need someone else romantically to be happy. I do think it's important to have the support to Says other someone people. someone that's... <laughs> relationship, so no, the, yes, but I'm truly, right. but truly, I don't think you need other people to be happy. So, also, I don't know if I introduced this, but Annie's my cousin. So, I don't know if I said that in the beginning or yeah, not. not. <laughs> but Annie's my cousin. So, this was a situation where there was kind of feelings on both sides, but he wasn't reciprocating the effort. He was just he just wanted. Curly? Yeah, Curly just wanted to. I mean he would lo- he loved flirting with you and he loved you, but he just didn't love the the whole like giving effort in the way he was supposed to to you and the whole like committing to you in that way.
1: Yeah. I I mean it's even to this day I'm like I still don't know. Because like I'm the type of person that needs that confirmation. I'm usually good with reading in between the lines, but I also do need that confirmation mm. and I like to this day I still don't know. But I sometimes, again, because I get in my own head a lot, I sometimes sit and think, oh my gosh, like, what if he likes just, like, you know, just using me as, like, a joke because I'm easy to, like, mess with, you know? And because I am going to give that attention. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, that didn't really occur to me until, um,. Being in my um, one of my current jobs right now mm-hmm. with like the whole kitchen staff, like I like to call like half of them, you know, like the pretty boys, but it's mm-hmm. not like the soft pretty boys that mm-hmm. I make like. It's like the the cocky, Mr. Popular pretty boys. Okay, and they would do the same thing. You know, they would always just like make jokes and just say all these things. And you know, I will admit, like I would flirt back, but. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm just bored with my life, you know. <laughs> of course. It's entertainment. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. It was like the way that they would joke and kinda just use me as like, like the butt of
0: the joke in sort of way. That's not cool.
1: Kinda like how it was with that whole um curly situation. Mm-hmm. I
0: feel. And um with being the butt of a joke, I know a lot of times, uh society is like, Oh well a boy if a boy you know, messes oh, with you. They like you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so stupid, especially at a grown age. Like, grown,
1: like when you're a kid, it's, it's, I feel like it's acceptable.
0: Yeah. But when you're,
1: like, a grown 30-year-old man doing mm-hmm.
0: this... Like, when, when, when you're a kid, you're... Especially, like, you know, those elementary middle school years when you, like, first start having crushes. Like, I feel like they don't know how to properly act. Obviously, you have to teach kids, but, like you know, they're learning. Mm-hmm. And as a grown person, I feel like one, it's a little disrespectful. Like, I, you know, I'm a woman. Treat me like I'm a person, not yeah, like uh, jokes to be objectified.
1: We're out in the real world. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> yeah. even as a kid, I feel like it's not appropriate. Because I feel like, like, mm-hmm. when you're a kid and, like, people make jokes, like, it starts with the small jokes, but it always escalates. So I feel like right. even as a kid, like, if that kid is, like, I'm not saying, like, what am I saying? Okay.
0: No, I agree with you.
1: like, if the kid is making jokes about someone and, like, they're not realizing that it's hurting the person, they're going to grow up and, like, keep making, like, jokes like that, and they're going to turn it into that
0: 30-year-old that's, like, being annoying and creepy, like, yeah, you know, so. So, like I said, uh, it's definitely learning when you're a kid. You have, they have to, one, be corrected, of course. Like, there has to be an adult in the situation to correct it. I mean, Tracy, you work with kids, so you know. You know, if you don't correct it, it's not going to change. Yeah, but I mean, I mean
1: to be fair, everyone loves a good enemy to lovers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. true though. Like sometimes the toxicity is actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie, but like <laughs> <it, laughs> but, but like there's always like a a line for that.
0: Like well, like yeah. it's toxic and good until it's not.
1: Like, yeah,
0: because yeah. okay, Annie's an author, so she loves <laughs> this stuff. But, I do, I th- I do. Th- at-, at the end of the day,
1: Oh, he's enemies- a so
0: wallows. <laughs> and he's also a wallows stan. A hundred percent. She wants to go see them twice. Oh, I saw them three times <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I- it, yeah. We're not surprised. <laughs> We're not surprised. <laughs> at the end of the day, Enemies to Lovers makes a great novel. I love reading those types of stories, like Throne of Glass. Yeah. I love reading those types of stories. But does it make a good life? Does it make a stable relationship? Does it make a secure relationship?
1: See, now let me ask you this. So what makes it okay if it happens in books mm-hmm. and not okay when it happens in real life? Like, why is it more acceptable if it happens in, like, a book or a TV show, like, that toxic mm-hmm. traits of, like, enemies to lovers But that, and, you know, like, readers, including myself? And that shit up. You know? <laughs> but, but in, like, real life, like, when you see it happening, you're just like, what in the Wattpad yeah. is this? Yeah Tara. Uh, uh, yeah, Tara has said a lot yeah. about my
0: whole love life being, like, a Wattpad story. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so where I see it differentiating in real life is that in the book, one, it's, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but... Sometimes it's written in a way where it doesn't end up in a nasty situation. In real life, toxic relationships can end up being nasty situations very quickly. It can end in domestic violence, in um, abuse, in emotional trauma. I think there's a lot of implications of having a toxic relationship that aren't touched on in Enemies to Lover stories. I mean, in Enemies to Lover stories, it's... A plot mover. It's something to make the book more entertaining. It's. I mean, I eat it up. I love <laughs> yeah. those be types because it's. Yeah. Such, it, it's a great way to you know, tell a love story in a way that you wouldn't expect, and it's. It's a trope. That's what it is. But in real life, there's other implications that affect real life things and have real life consequences that don't. You don't hear about what happens after the novel. You don't hear about what happens. And they're like sometimes, sometimes, and oh, their like the little interactions, colors. yeah. Like you don't see how it affects. I don't know if you have an enemies to lovers relationship, and it doesn't turn out to be healthy lovers. You know, <laughs> you don't see how it affects those <laughs> people. <laughs> Teresa, <Those, those people. laughs> do you have any thoughts on that? Well, well, with okay, so if there's like enemies to lovers in books, like as you were saying,
1: like there's not gonna be. Like you're not going to see the con- the consequence like what happens after and like real life like you see the consequence if you're in it obviously like in a toxic relationship like most people in real life don't know they're in a toxic relationship like mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they love the person so much they don't even realize it. if that masks exactly yeah with in mask. the book obviously the reader could kind of see it but they're also romanticizing it mm-hmm. which happens a lot in movies and books where it's romanticized and like sometimes we like that we're like oh my gosh but like in real life People romanticize it too, honestly.
0: Of course, it's kind of like the analogy of putting a frog in boiling water. So if you put a frog in some lukewarm water, I'll put put that water on the stove. you're the frog's in the pot. You slowly turn up the temperature. The frog's not going to jump out of the pot. Oh, no, not. <laughs> an analogy, it's frog. not. It's not going to. The frog oh, isn't I just going to leave. She's saying, like, However, <laughs> if you drop if you drop a frog okay, if you drop a frog in a pot of water that's already boiling hot, they're going to leap out.
1: That was too confusing for our
0: viewers. (laughs) No! No! So if you you jump into a relationship that's already toxic, then you know, like, oh, I got to get out of here. But if you're in a a relationship where it's okay at first... It escalates. Yeah, it gets worse over time. So that person is more tempted to stay.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, do you think it's
1: also just because... Like reading about it and watching about it, Mm -hmm. it's because we know like we're not the people experiencing Mm -hmm. it. Well, I know it's easy to self-insert because not gonna (laughs) lie, I self-insert myself in (laughs) books all the time. (laughs) I think we all know during which scenes I do that. We so, know everyone loves a good spice. Everyone um, loves a good smut. Yeah. Ooh. Well, Will Grayson what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean like Will Grayson the third. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Again, she's an author. So if you hear some names, it's probably from a book. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, we all know what happened in that greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um. But, okay. Besides like that, but just because like we know like we're reading about other people and you know hearing their stories and we mm-hmm. know like and we're learning so much about them that even though we can experience it through their voice we just know that it's like it's still not us really mm-hmm. experiencing it If we know like at the end of the day it's still a book it's still a movie and mm-hmm. stuff you
0: can close the book you can turn off the movie exactly but a real
1: life toxic relationship you can't do that
0: mm-hmm. exactly. so like, do you think like that can also be a factor? yes definitely our listeners definitely got a lot of perspectives today on crossing the line, enemies to lovers, and Annie's personal stories. Annie, is there anything else you want to share on today's podcast episode?
1: I found out yesterday at the midget wrestling that when I went with my friends, we were talking about different types, like and the guys that like I like and whatever. And I found out that my type are soft boys okay how did you find this out? I don't know she's good with that my friend Abby she's really good with that Mm -hmm. like she like she knows she has really good intuition and stuff like I never thought that but when she said that I was like really analyzing all the boys that I liked before yeah and maybe one now and I'm like wait a minute yes that's actually kind of true so
0: little fun fact of the day thank you so much for sharing that of course so i'd like to thank one our listeners for listening to this podcast episode two i'd like to thank Teresa for listening in and putting in her input of course of course and lastly i'd like to thank our guest annie for coming on and sharing all this really juicy tea
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you for having me, Tara. Of course. I'm so looking forward to having you on again. Um, thank you. So I'll uh, see you all in the next episode of Tea and Tangents with Tara.